What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Recorded live. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. Hello. Oh, Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. It's Adriana. Hi. How are you? I'm okay at work, um, but not a problem. Baby's just not sleeping, but it's okay. That's okay. You can. Um... You can mute mute it on your end, and then when you want to talk, just unmute. Okay, great. Thank you. Yeah. Who else is there? It's Carly. Hi, how are you? I'm good. Louis just fell asleep, so. Okay. <laughs> <He'll be> okay. <laughs> oh, lucky. I wish my baby was napping. I know. My kids are at school. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh goodness. How are you guys doing? I'm doing okay, just still transitioning to living in New York. Mhm. It's been interesting. I've been here for a little over a month now and I've still not really settled in. I hardly ever have the time to so settle into my now. apartment. Yeah, yeah, I moved uh, okay. here 
Um, I, the date that I moved here was on May six, May fifteenth. Okay, great. March fifteenth. Yeah. Oh yeah, March fifteenth. We were. I was just talking about May. That's why. Yeah, March fifteenth is when I yeah. moved. Okay. And I. Yeah, I've been living here since, and just I I moved here on March fifteenth, and I started full time work on March sixteenth. Oh, so. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I've just been pretty busy. But doing all right. <laughs> wow. And is the family a good match for you? Yeah, yeah, they're excellent. I'm having a really good time with them. Um, the parents are super nice and really accommodating. And the little girl, she's uh, almost two and super sweet. Didn't take her too long to warm up to me, so we've been having a good time. Oh, nice. Great. Yeah, they live over here in Liverpool. Okay. Yep. Well, at least the sun is shining now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I almost feel like I'm back home. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Carly? How are things going for you? Um, I'm doing pretty good. I'm trying to balance everything still as far as... um. <laughs> Well, child care for my son and then work because I'm working part time and then um, everything with this as well. So it's challenging trying to do everything, but um, Mm -hmm. it's not not too bad. I'm just still, I mean, my only source of child care right now is my mom. It's really difficult. And she's been watching my son every time I'm at work. And I'm only working 20 hours a week, but then to have her on call for me for births and I just need to have a backup, and it's been really difficult to find. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So when are you doing work during the nighttime hours or after he goes down? Or? Well, because I'm, I'm, I work at the after-school program, and right now for that I'm working um, from 2 to 6. Okay. So Monday through Friday. So my mom has him then. And then as far as I haven't, I only have one birth client right now. I haven't had any um postpartum yet and I haven't um I haven't actually attended any births yet. So um but she's my mom also has watched him when I did the prenatals and stuff so it's just trying to make sure she's like her schedule and mine are okay. She doesn't work so it's okay but I mean she's kinda gives up whatever and watches them for me. So that that's been fortunate for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I know. definitely trying to find that's hard because um, his age too. There's a daycare in the area who that will this year they just stopped taking um, babies under one years old. Mm-hmm. So they won't take them until he's one. And I didn't really want him in a daycare anyway, but I I need the extra help up here because I just also be moving up here not too long ago. It's hard sure. to find anybody. Yeah. Yeah, or at least maybe some other, a different, you know, an additional caretaker. Yeah. Yeah. Babysitter or someone who can step in or for a couple of hours a week where you have, like, your solid days where you can focus on some of your other doula work. Yeah, that's hard. difficult. It's like I'm staying up at night because it's the only time he's sleeping pretty well. Mm, yeah. So, and I'm not sleeping that much. I've been getting, like, five hours of sleep. So. Mm-hmm. Because I'm trying to make the time to do everything. Yeah. 
Right. And he's been sick for like three weeks, so that hasn't mm-hmm. helped. <laughs> exactly. No, it's a lot to juggle. Um, but it seems like you're getting a lot done, too. I mean, it feels like, you know, your newsletter's out, and it seems like you have some really great momentum just in networking and getting your name out there in your area. Yeah, I've been trying to – I think that's a, it's like I just have – like any free time I have, I'm focusing on that, so it hasn't been too bad. It's just mm-hmm. like I'm – and then I'm also bringing my phone with me to anything, like the – meetings and stuff I was going to for the uh, Finger Lakes Bridge Connection, and I brought him with me. So, like, I'm mm-hmm. able to bring him to certain things. So that's been helpful. Okay. And I've just started talking to somebody from um, the Finger Lakes, uh, what is it, Finger Lakes Breastfeeding Partnership. Okay. And um, I'm, they're going to put me on their membership list, and they actually have um, three slots that they're sending people to do the um, – certified lactation consultant training this summer mm-hmm. and so they're going to see if they can put me in for that because oh, nice. it's supposed to be like $750 and I really want to do it but I was like I don't know if I'm going to be able to afford it and if mm-hmm. I can do it through them as a member it will only be like $120. Oh wow that's great. Yeah. That's really great. And I think I'm just focusing trying to um, get birth clients that are due this summer. So it will be mm-hmm. easier because my job is only during the school year. That's seasonal. So. Yeah. Yeah, that will be great. So really putting your name out there now, you know, because they'll start looking or already have been looking for doulas if they're having summer babies. Right. Yep. And you could even say, too, like, I'm available for these months, you know. Sometimes okay. specifying is also helpful. I think my hardest thing right now is that I – I mean, I, I'm, it's like, I mean, marketing myself isn't a problem for me. It's just also marketing a doula, like, because nobody, a lot of people in this area mm-hmm. don't know what it is. So it's like they yeah. don't even know that that resource is out there, so they're not looking. Yeah. So I feel like that's been probably the most difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a challenge for any, um, you know, area that, that it's, it's just newer to a community. Um, and, you know, you know, we you see how it changes in different towns or different areas over time as more doulas, you know, live there or come in, into that community. But um, try and think of it as kind of twofold marketing in terms of info nights and, and, you know, more educational kind of workshops about what a doula is and why doulas are really wonderful and beneficial for, for families as well as, you know, personal marketing. So, of course, you'd have your cards there and anything else and also introduce yourself as, you know, it depends on if you have several doulas doing a talk or, you know, you may want to do something on your own or host a film night that would bring parents and, you know, mothers, and you know, um, into something. Um, and then use that also as an opportunity just to meet meet people and network. Yeah, I'm definitely going to look to try and do something and set something up like that. And I, I've met other doulas who aren't too far from me. Um, okay. They just, some of them pretty much have used it as a hobby and not really as a career. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, I mean, some of them are okay with that and some of them want to push and make this a career. And so, I, like, working with them and talking with them, I think I could definitely have, like, maybe something together where we all can do something. Yeah. How far are you from Watertown? Um, not sure. Where? What other town is that near? Is that... 
Mm-hmm. I have to look at the map. Does anyone else know? Watertown is the biggest town. It's near the it's near the military base. Mm-hmm. Is it Fort it's Fort Drum, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's about like forty five minutes north of Syracuse, or maybe an hour. I think it's an hour. Mhm. Okay, because I'm I'm pretty much like right in the middle of Syracuse and Rochester. So, so more west maybe. Mhm. Yeah. Well, I'll I'll um tag you on our DTI Zula's site and introduce you to Crystal, who's in Watertown. I don't know. Um, you know, she may just have other contacts, but she's wonderful and she's certified um with DTI uh, almost two years ago, I think now, or a year, oh, definitely a year, year plus, so, and she's, um, she's great, she's really great, and I just, you know, I know she's based up there, so I'll connect you guys, maybe there'll, there'll be some kind of, I don't know, something you guys could do, or meet halfway, or think about a larger region, you know, yeah. or a larger radius, I don't know. Um, I see other people came on, the, came on the call, I just want to say hi to everyone else, who's, who's on with us? I'm here. This is Rose. Hi, Rose. Are you in the forest? Yeah. I am in the forest. <laughs> Hi, Emma. It's Ellie. Hi, Ellie. How are you? Hi, Wait, Ellie. How are you doing? Hey, Rose. Hey, Danielle. Hi, how are you? Good. I'm actually in MA's office right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not there. I'm yeah. in my house. I'm so close to you, <laughs> That's great. Who else is there? Is that everyone? Maybe. Maybe more people will join us in a bit. Um, great. Well, welcome, everyone. It's um, always nice to connect this way. And um, I, you know, I wanted to just open up the call to check in with everyone first to see if there's anything that's coming up for anybody. Um, any pressing questions or anything you'd like to share before we focus the call um, and, and, and also we can connect it to today's topic, which is really more about practices in prenatals and postpartum. So um, we'll be talking really about what we do during prenatals and what we're actually doing during postpartum and how we can kind of think about the work um, in a way that we, you know, we divide it into more more um, either task-oriented or theme-oriented or hands-on or more emotional support. There's lots of ways that you can actually practice within your prenatal and postpartum time with a client. So we'll start to just talk and share more about what your own experience has been so far and, and some ideas to moving forward. So I'll just open up the call first with, with you know, an open check-in for everyone. Well, I guess hi, Lewis. This is Ellie. Um, I guess I sort of have some news for the group. I um, am moving in about a month to Baltimore, Maryland. Um, oh. Yeah, to go to school. Um, to go back to school, but I am kind of actively sort of figuring out how to stay plugged into the doula community there. Um, you know, I completely intend to continue 
on my past certification, just um, unfortunately away from this great network um, in central New York. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm really excited to talk today about this topic because I have my first postpartum visit this week, and I um, oh, great. am, you know, eager to uh, learn about some practices. Mm-hmm. <laughs> great. Yeah. Have you had a chance to post on the larger DTI group about um, anyone located in that area? I... Oh, that's a good idea. No, I hadn't done that yet. Yeah. Um, I sent you an email. I'm not sure. Did you? I said, did you get it? I did. I just I just got back from another trip, so I did. Oh get no, it. it's fine. I just wanted to make sure I had the right email. Yeah. No response. You do. You know, I, in your with your leisure, it's fine. Um, but yeah, that's a really good idea. Are there DTI doulas? I just like that. I imagine well, there are. Baltimore is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I haven't, we haven't done a training in Baltimore, but I feel like um, I, again, I'm not sure how close Virginia is. Um, but I know that there's several not, in. Yeah. It's not that. I guess it depends on where you're located, right? Yeah. Um. But D.C. is about an hour away, mm-hmm. so I think parts of Virginia are not, you know, mm-hmm. are definitely within a radius, so that would be. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's a really good idea. And I'll, you never know. People are moving all the time, too, so it may be, you know, someone's in a similar situation mm-hmm. where they're moving to. Um, so, yeah, definitely post and share your information and, you know, see, see if anyone yeah. wants that. Yeah. That's a good idea. It's exciting, though. Thank you. There's yeah, also other doula groups, you know. So even if it's not a DTI network, um, just connecting with any birth network or doula, you know, doula groups and looking into other collectives that may be in that area. Um, mm. There's plenty of doulas practicing, you know, around around that area. So, you know, just to be able to to network and and possibly back up or get referred to, you know, referred. Ellie, there's a Facebook group called Doula to Doula Connect, mm-hmm. and it's, like, that's where people, like, shout out looking for people in their area or, like, you know, wherever, if they have a friend who lives somewhere looking for doulas in that area. I'll try to remember oh, to add thanks. you to it. But if you Google it, it's Doula number two Doula yeah. Connect. Or not Google, but, you know, search it on Facebook. Yeah, sure. thanks, and Rose. Join that's it. great. Yeah, I think yeah. I can add you. I can add, I can add you, Ellie. Oh. Um, yeah. That's, that's easy. So you can post there too. That's a great suggestion. Um, that's such big news, Ellie. Congratulations. Thanks, Rose. Yeah, it is. It is a pretty big move. I'm excited. I think it is the right kind of step for me. So. What are you yeah. gonna, I I know you wrote in your email, but what are you what are you focusing oh. on? Um, well, so I um, guys am yeah doing I'm studying medicine. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm going to go. It's this one year program to kind of fulfill the requirements for medical school. So some of like the science I don't have, um, and then go to medical school. Um, and I don't know what kind of what kind of doctor I'm going to be, but. Um, you know, I'm pretty confident that my being a doula will always sort of inform how I approach that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I intend to kind of continue 
you know, being a dual asthma in school to like make some money and it's just such a wonderful community and I really think I'm gonna I haven't gone to a birth yet, but I think I'm really gonna like it. So mm-hmm. um it'll be a great foundation too for you. You know, yes. to go to go um just into the field of medicine from just have a, having a perspective of, of this type of support as well, you know. And bridging some of the some of the practices. Yeah. yeah it's exciting. Yeah. Keep us posted. That's awesome. Does anyone else have any updates for the group? Well, I've been super busy. I'm like the busiest I've ever been, and it's really cool. I just had two fantastic births in the last two weeks, both in the same room at the same hospital with different staff who had never seen unmedicated births. And you know, like it was everybody's first time seeing a birth bar in action. It was everybody's first time seeing a mom deliver on her hands and knees. I'm not kidding you. I was I was appalled to find out that like this nursing student had never seen a natural birth before, like a vaginal birth before. But I mean, not really appalled, just like astonished. But it's been really fun and nice. pretty intense. And I'm off. I'm off call for a couple of weeks, so I'm enjoying mm-hmm. myself. Mhm. And we have a really busy season. I've still got two more moms due this spring, and I just booked somebody for early summer. And we have a September client already, so it's kind of astonishing. I'm like, oh, great. pretty stoked. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Mhm. Yeah. Like I like I I posted on Facebook on our group the other day, and I don't know if everybody saw it, but I had set a goal for myself to earn five thousand dollars as a doula this year, and like I really thought I was going to have a hard time doing that. And it's April fourteenth, and I'm only four hundred dollars shy of that right now. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty stoked. Wow. Mhm. So just, Rose, can you share with everyone kind of, you know, I, I feel like you're it's such, it's such a um, such a gift to have you um, in this group too because you've been working as a doula and you're able to see the shift of like sticking with something and seeing how your practice has grown. Can you just share yeah. about that and kind of, you know, like how long did it take or what do you think the shift was or, right. you know, because I, I feel like each new place I've moved is, Take it. It takes time before that momentum where you feel like, oh my gosh, that the births are finally rolling in, and I'm not hustling as much. Mm-hmm. Um, right. In a way that can feel really just stressful, you know. So can yeah. you share about that for for everyone? Sure. Um, I mean, first and foremost, the thing about becoming a birth worker is that if 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 the calling isn't strong enough for you to stick with it, then it's probably not for you because it it's very tiring. It's, it's, it's like a really phenomenal, like, you know, way to work in the world, but it also has real taxing, you know, properties <laughs> to it, and it really, like, taxes you. So you have to really – you have to feel the pull, you know, and, and honor that. And I've seen a lot of people stepping away from it, and I've talked to a lot of people – 
lately and everybody keeps saying like, yeah, if it's not, if it doesn't really fall into place for you on all levels, like it's not going to, it's not going to last. It's not going to be the keeper. Um, so that said, I've been doing this for five years, like mm-hmm. stop and start and kind of bowing to the roadblocks that I couldn't handle until the time came along when I could handle them. Um, you know, I, I paced myself for real. I had other work that I had to do. I had other obligations, and I had to really build the momentum slowly and organically. And I had to do that, like, you know, in harmony with my family's growth, too. So, actually, the reason that I've been able to throw myself so fully into the work right now is because I had a baby, and therefore I had permission to stop doing the other work that I had to do. And there were some shifts in our family that accommodated that, like, in, you know, that obligation shift for me where I didn't need to be contributing as much money for a while. Mm-hmm. So I was able to take that time when I was, you know, having a newborn um, and and kind of focus on, business development stuff and um and that really had a lot to do with it and then there's also been a a couple of really um oh shit what's the word um synchronistic events along the way where like you know I was supposed to start this one job at a hospital and I was going to do the nursing school thing and go to midwifery school and then right before I was um, you know, scheduled to start my job, I they rescinded the offer. And so I I was left with like an empty desk and an old job and the need for an income. And I called everybody I knew. And within two hours, I had a job working for my neighborhood midwife. Um, just because I had these, you know, neighborhood connections and I worked them. And it was, like, ridiculous, the sensation of one door closing so that the right door could open. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. And, and I just was like, well, that's that. You know, I'm going to start that now. And I just walked through that door. And that connection has helped me immensely because a lot of the work that I'm doing right now is with clients who have found me through that midwifery practice and through that the doula practice that partners with that midwifery practice. So, so that's been huge. Yeah, and just also and, the commitment to building community connections. Yeah. You know, and how that eventually brings more work just because you're sticking with something, you know. People see yeah. that and recognize that. Right. Exactly. And when I decided all of the little like building blocks that kind of tumbled into place five years ago when I decided I wanted to become a doula, you know, I... So I, it was like June 1st or something, and I looked, the first website I looked at was Jonah, and they had a training coming up in three weeks, you know, a mile down the road for me. So it was like, what? Okay, well, I'll do that then. And, mm-hmm. you know, and so it it all started just, just like that. And it might, I'm not saying that it has to start magically, and like that's kind of, you know, what happens, but... In my case, I'm I'm seeing that there was like a combination of that and and then my own like kind of patience and resolve to have it happen as it needed to happen, you know. Mhm. Yeah. Yep. 
Great. So good. So, yeah. It is. I mean, it, it's like there's, um, there's such, you just have to really build a whole like space in your life around it. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's challenging because you're not necessarily always maintaining that space. And then all of a sudden you're on call and you have to, carve it back out again and you know it's it's a lot of it's a lot of juggling Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and I found myself really like I have been growing and changing so much as a person independently of my well independently and concurrently with my dual practice because like you know I'm suddenly keeping a really like really tight detailed calendar and really like meticulous to-do lists because Mm -hmm. I I have to do that in order to be able to do the stuff that's making me, you know, that's really fulfilling me. It's like, it's a very, um, it's a very straightforward transaction all of a sudden where I have to put in all of this stuff in, in the back end to make this happen. And I'm just doing it naturally where it was always so challenging to me before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I feel like I'm becoming a little bit of a grown up, and that's really helping me. <laughs> Yeah, and it's one of those things, too, that I think you see if you don't, it just doesn't work. Like, the juggling is so real, and we're responsible, you know, for for the role requires such a stepping up to that responsibility um, and and people trusting us in that way so that, you know, you have to. You have to be on top of those details. Um, Otherwise, it's just completely overwhelming and unorganized. yeah. yeah, stressful, you know. Yeah. And for everyone, too, we, we were chatting, Carly Carly and I were ch- talking a little bit before you, um, some of you guys got on the call just about, you know, just the juggling with, with a baby and a new family and, um, you know, or a move or a transition. And, again, I think when you are able to really trust that this, you found something that you love, it will it will open up, it will continue to change and evolve. You know, and that each step of the way kind of serves the other step, and it it will happen. It's just just kind of being being willing to to let it unfold in that in whatever way it needs to. And some people get really busy really quickly, and other people have a slower pace. You know, and it's just right for them. So, um, yeah. Just. Yep. Anyone else? And then I'll kind of I'll start I'll start in on the topic. Um, really quickly, this is Danielle. Um, I've just, over the past month, like really gotten into, I've had my first couple postpartum um, experiences, doula experiences, and I have two clients in May. And I feel like I've just like jumped in kind of. Um, mm-hmm. My website's like almost up and going, and I feel like I have more of a presence now in the community. So it's been um it's been a really good month. I'm just not sure where it goes from here. Um, mm-hmm. I'm still working part-time at my other job, so that's kind of causing some stress. And um, Dimitri's 10 months now, so also a little stressful. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. um, so I'm just trying to, you know, figure all that out and how everything fits in. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. 
That's yeah. uh, that's where I am right now. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's like the other side of it. It's like things are happening, and then it's kind of like, whoa, things are happening. <laughs> yeah, it's a little <laughs> totally. <laughs> yes, totally. And it's kind of yeah, like parenting I'm, in that way, where you figure it out as you as you go a little bit, you know. Yeah. Um, and I know we have we have plans to meet one on one, so we'll talk right. more. Mm-hmm. about and I can share, you know, some of the things that I know helped me too and that those in those times there was that chapter too when when my guys are a little bit younger and I was yeah. in one job and also starting a practice and wanting to transition yeah. out of my other job to full time sure, yeah. work. Um yeah. I think, you know, just one of one of the things that will help with um stress is not putting too much on your plate too soon so you know if like you have maybe you may get three inquiries for one right. month like are you really ready to take on three births right or you kind of have some of these decisions made and you may be you may say i'm just going for it you know what i mean yeah well i and feel like would, i feel like you would figure it out you know yeah but like practically being like right now i'm on call for the entire month of may and mm-hmm. you know i have like my daughter's birthday and there's these other things that i'm like well i might not be there you know and <laughs> that's like, for the first time, I'm like, okay, I might not be there. <laughs> so, right. yeah. Yep. I mean, it, it was going to happen anyway, but, you know, it's real now. <laughs> yeah, it's very different when it starts, when it becomes, you know, when it becomes real and then it starts affecting more, you know, things that feel more personal or close to you in that way. Right. Yeah. Wow, this is what it means to be on call. Yeah, yeah. I can go at any time. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I'm excited for you though. I saw some of your um I saw the um logo that was in the works. So it looked beautiful. Yeah, thank you. Really nice. Yeah, I'm happy with everything, so Right. Okay, well let's um let's shift a little bit and talk about some of the practices. Um and I'd love to hear from, from those of you that have had you know, if you've had some experience, especially with prenatals, um, or postpartum, either one. Um, you know, what, what you're finding works or what you feel like maybe needs some more structure or clarification. Um, you know, I think that one thing I'm, I've noticed is it having an interview in person really helps me um, be able to structure my first prenatal more somehow. Mm-hmm. Because that initial kind of getting to know and feeling who that person is or that couple is, um, I really like to to do that during an interview and it may just be a consultation but I like to take my time to really get to know kind of where they're coming from what are their ideas about birth what are their expectations about a doula and when that doesn't happen and you're hired on the phone or you're just hired on you know a website or something like that that first prenatal tends to take up more of that time um, if you're walking in and you've never met in person so um, I don't know if anyone else can relate to that but um, there's just that that level of connection that I feel like is so important when you first make contact, and if you're still developing that, um, the first prenatal can can feel like we're really you're trying to get a better sense of who these people are, and that's with the intake, right? So when you're hired, or you know, if you sent your contract and somebody hired you. By the time you have the first prenatal, you should have gotten back either the intake already or you're going to review it with them at that first prenatal. Does that ring true for people or has that been your experience? 
I have an intake questionnaire that I do that I plan on doing in the first the first appointment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I probably do more prenatals than than you do. I think you said mm-hmm. you only do two, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. three. We, I'll do three if, if she's post dates and there's really something coming up. Yeah. I mean, it it depends on when in the pregnancy we're hired, but we usually mm-hmm. try to do at least three. Um, and, you know, and at least one of them being a home visit, um, if they're not all at their home anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I have this questionnaire that, um, I do end up asking a lot of the questions during the consultation. And then if they hire us, I have like bigger questions that I ask stuff like, you know, how comfortable are you being naked? how comfortable are you with your vagina? <laughs> I try to I try to be really frank um, and set this tone of sort of just whatever, frankness, because mm-hmm. they're body parts, right? Um, it's a good way to, like, it, when you're frank, people react. So it's a good, you get, you get to gauge a reaction. Um, mm-hmm. And that can tell you a lot. Absolutely. And what's it like? How the conversation is being shaped too will tell you a lot about about their ideas, their knowledge, their their worldview on kind of birth, right? If they're really willing, or or it may be more informational based, it may feel less emotional. It may feel, um, you know, like they're really trying to just gain the knowledge. You may be working with a client who's never taken a class before, and they're really asking very, very basic questions about anatomy. So the yeah. first prenatal, I'm really digging for who who are these, who is this woman and who is this couple and kind of where are they coming from, what's their knowledge base, have they taken a class, what's important to them, what are their expectations. And I'm also reading their dynamic too, right, getting a feel for the relationship itself, um, fears around parenting, being present at the birth, have they ever seen a birth? All those types of questions um, come in to that conversation. And it's one of those things that I think um, it's amazing to me how different people are. I mean, every time I leave a prenatal, it's just, I'm always sort of just, I remark on how different people process and express and walk through the world, you know, just how unique we all are. And Part of, I think, the first prenatal for me is very much about slow doula kind of method where I'm just tuning in to feel, can I connect? Are they connecting? Can we establish this trust for the birth team? And that's, for me, one of the most important things that I try and I walk away from, you know, that that they've invited me into a really intimate moment and day in their life, and I want to have that connection begin there. Um, any, anything else that people are noticing about about that or about establishing connection or maybe feeling nervous about the prenatal and practices that we can we can do to, to kind of calm those nerves? Are you guys anxious about the first prenatal? Do you feel like you'll you'll forget all the, the information or you'll need to remember basic like well, I've, I've had my first prenatal. This is Danielle. Um, and one thing I noticed was 
I didn't have it for my, I've had two so far. My first one, I didn't have it as structured. And I'm a teacher, so I'm like pretty good at structuring things, but I wasn't very prepared for the first one in the sense that I didn't have all the topics that I wanted to cover like written down and I forgot, like I had it in my head. So mm-hmm. for my second one, I felt a lot more at ease because I had almost like a little outline for myself and I made one for the couple and so they kind of followed along and it helped because during my first one, the mama just kept asking like questions that were good questions but they were like totally unrelated and I was like skipping around and I forgot half the things I wanted to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of that, I don't feel like I connected as well with them because I was like a little anxious that I wasn't, you know, guiding the conversation in the way it should be guided. Mm-hmm. Um, so that worked for me with the second one, and I'm sure I'll make improvements on it. Um, and just kind of having that as a template, and then I felt like I was more at ease to do, like, the slow doula, like, seeing where it went from there, mm-hmm. and also covering, like, the basics that I wanted to make sure I covered as yeah. well. Yeah, so having some kind of basic, it can be an outline you create, it can be something you share with your clients, it could just be topic points that you really want to make sure you cover in the first prenatal is a great way to to kind of prepare and also feel like, you know, you can kind of guide the conversation a little bit to make sure certain things are covered. Because people may not be as willing or they may not even know that that's something worth covering, you know. Um so that is really helpful. And sometimes um, when we, our next call is really more about business practices and we'll start sharing forms for that call. Um, and I'll create a Google Doc to, um, so we can all share if, if you want to, you know, anything you're working on or drafts or ideas that you have um, around any uh, forms or prenatal intake or questions or outlines or um, contracts. But sometimes you can make a, like a note-taking pad, you know, that just your, it has a topic and then there's space for you to write what their answers are so you can put them in your client record. And that can be really helpful too. Um, or your intake will be more like that and kind of just be designed in a way that would kind of cater to that. Um, The other thing to think about with this, the prenatals is that so the the first one being more geared towards the couple, the mother, the kind of values and and their vision, their birth plan, their you know what they're wanting, what their expectations are, who they are, and then the second one or third, at some point after that first one is established, really kind of thinking more of how you apply that conversation in a way that's um, connecting to the actual birth process. So I usually then extend that conversation into either more hands-on techniques, techniques like actually showing them positions that we'll do and the way the doula is incorporated into working with the couple um, or and, and do double hip squeeze or do slow dancing or do some breathing exercises with them that I'm definitely trying to apply and make contact um, in the second prenatal Um and also going a little bit deeper with talking about any of the fears that came up. Um, so even if it's a couple that, you know, I met, I had a prenatal last night and the couple is birthing at, a, at the birthplace and, 
have kind of an idea about an unmedicated experience, but I started to talk to them about interventions and cesarean birth, and I wanted I want to cover those things with my clients ahead of time so that they don't feel surprised if, if the birth plan changes or the outcome changes, and, and I want to make sure we've talked about those things. And sometimes people are resistant. You know, they don't, they want to, they feel like if we talk about it, then it will happen. Or if I talk about it, then I'm not doing the work to really focus on what I want. And so we talk about that, you know, and we started to talk about it. And I could feel some resistance last night in my, my, it was my first prenatal with this couple. And I just invited them to, you know, kind of think through some of these, these topics, do some more reading. And I gave them some suggestions and said that we would revisit it next time and focus a little bit more on it. Because I could see that she was, she was feeling really anxious, to shoot specifically around cesarean birth. Um, and in the past, I would be afraid to do that. I felt like I didn't want to push something someone didn't want to talk about. And then I learned that if we don't talk about it and the outcome is a cesarean or the outcome is whatever fear that they express, it feels harder um, and, 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 and can feel more traumatizing in the moment. But Make sense? Or has anyone had that experience too where talking about the harder things helps in advance? Yep. Yep. I had a client whose labor ended in a traumatic cesarean and she it was exactly what she didn't want to have happen. It was exactly what she was afraid of. And the only thing that she ever really did was sort of say you know, it was before I knew that I could talk to people about cesarean options. It was like, you know, it was kind of a while ago. So I didn't. And she was, she like made it known that that was her biggest fear and she wanted to do whatever she could to avoid that. And so it was interesting how it all played out. Mm-hmm. And she ended up having a really scary C-section that they called an emergency that probably wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was completely manufactured. And um, yeah. so now now I include that because that, that was also one of those really, like, tough experiences that helped me come to understand that um, what it looks like on the outside, if, you know, <laughs> that success from the outside is not the same as success from the inside Mm -hmm. and that the way that I was um, evaluating my success as a doula and their birth success was different from how it actually was playing out and that was when I was coming to understand that um, the most important outcome is, is, is that mom gets to feel in control of decisions and that mom feels educated and empowered in her decisions. Not that she doesn't get the epidural, not that she doesn't go to the OR, that it's her choice and it's an educated choice. And so, so, you know, when I have, I let, I really encourage everybody that I work with to take childbirth education. I'm not a childbirth educator, and I don't have time. Like, we don't have time for that. That's not in the budget of my fee. So um, so I definitely take the time to ask, like, so what are you learning in your education classes about um, the medical options, you know, the, the drugs and, like, 
and all that stuff that's available and, and are they teaching you about the risks as well as the benefits and that kind of stuff and and um and since I finished our training I've added this bit about like so if you do go to the OR um what you know how have you thought about what you want that to be like because you actually do have choices there and um yeah it always does seem to make people a little uncomfortable but then when I say like you know I want to have this conversation because this this stuff does happen. Like thirty one percent of American women are delivering their babies this way, mm-hmm. and I want you to I want you to be prepared for it in case it's the outcome here. You know, because we the only thing that I feel confident in in like guaranteeing is that I can help you make empowered, informed choices. Yeah, and um. And once I've explained that, they really soften to it, and they're more open to to talking about it. Yeah, and more relaxed, I think, too, right? That yeah. the, that there is an ability in this experience to kind of take ownership of your decision-making and feel informed and feel like you can be the center of your experience regardless of circumstances that may play out, you know? Right. And I feel like there is definitely tact in that conversation because the other side of it may be to really kind of, for us as as birth workers, share how medicalized birth can be and mm-hmm. talk about the, the cesarean rate being as high as it is and, you know, kind of like um, if somebody's not educated or informed about that, if that will be really overwhelming and to also pair that with... Um, their own personal birth plan or experience because that's exactly what they're trying to avoid. So it does take kind of, I feel like it's, it's, you have to have these conversations because it's reality. You know, it's just a matter of how, how it comes about. And she's definitely sharing about family centered cesarean or just informed consent as a great way to start to kind of, have the conversation around informed decision making, you know, and empowerment. And also takes the pressure off of us as the doula to be hired to ensure a particular experience. Right. Right. This is all really helpful. Yeah, I think that's, yeah, guys, this is really helpful. And so, you know, in terms of practices, there's so much you can do to bring in um, other elements. You could bring in journaling, you know, you could do birth art, you could do yoga nidra, you could do a meditation, um, you know, during a prenatal. I used to do, um, and sometimes I'll just do a private session or I'll end a second prenatal if we've done more positioning and body work with a short yoga nidra. Um, and then, you know, just leave when the, she's resting on the couch or in her bed and kind of just really leave with this mind-body relaxation session um, to connect all the information and, 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 and just um, kind of give, give her a taste of what the relaxation can feel like when you're doing something like yoga nidra or meditation or visualization. So if you find a birth visualization that you like or you want to, you know, learn more about yoga nidra or you find a yoga nidra script that you like, um, you, can, you can use that too. 
and incorporate that into a prenatal. And that's a nice way to kind of, you know, connect and also end the session. Um, anything else? Anyone wants to share questions about prenatals? And then we'll talk a little bit about postpartum. I have, like, the mom I have, this is Ellie, um, it's very, can you hear me, guys? Yeah. Yep. Sorry. Um, so she's just very fearful about the whole thing, about the sensations and just, um, so is there anything specific? Is that, so for the second prenatal, um, applying kind of, like, positions for laboring, things like that, or do you guys have any tips for, like, helping a mom who's just feeling really a lot of anxiety and fear generally about kind of the pain of this experience? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I think it may be that you're going to be shifting that prenatal to more of a counseling type of session um, and just really encouraging her to share openly with you first. Um, and then helping support her with some really great information, you know, whether it's articles or um, some birth videos that show and, and show a woman birthing in, in, in a you know, way that's enjoyable or relaxed or supported or, you know, just starts to demystify some of the fears. Um, you know, there's other types of fear-releasing work you could do. Uh, either through writing or through um, visualizations, you know, where she's really seeing herself in labor and you can guide her through that. Um, and then determining kind of does she need more support? You know, it may not be something you can really cover if she's working through anxieties or she has some kind of previous trauma or something that she's it's just part of her personality or constitution, it may mean, you know, more support for her. And, and But talking openly about it, I think, can be just so helpful in and of itself, you know, to help her feel like there's nothing wrong with her, like there's no, she has permission to feel those feelings too. That's normal too, you know, because it, chances are most women I've worked with that have higher levels of anxiety are, are feeling... Um, nervous about sharing that or are worried about being judged. Yeah. Great. Thank you. That's really helpful. Yeah. Um, and also just having the conversation come back to the body. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of the time anxiety is it's based on thoughts that are on, on, you know, things that haven't happened yet or thoughts about something that will happen, you know, will happen and it's, if you're able to connect with her body and, and bring it back to the mind-body connection, um, that may be another way to yeah. to help her with her fear. That's why I also like to do the positions and actually do some body work. Yeah. Great. In a specific regard to the pain thing... Oh, sorry. It's all right, no. go ahead. Um, with, in, as far as pain, the pain thing goes specifically, I always 
introduced the concept that um, you know that the that well a couple of things I say you know I kind of tongue in cheek tell them about the anime quote you know don't think of it as pain think of it as a, a strong sensation that requires your full attention mm-hmm. and that that's um, you know everybody always feels like I, I don't know I've never I've never had anybody not laugh at that and I I think it's because they've never experienced it so they don't know what I'm talking you know what I'm talking about <laughs> but um, but it does kind of come back up in labor sometimes. And I also say to them, you know, the thing about this particular pain is that it's, it is 100% your own body. Mm -hmm. And um, so, you know, you have to, you, you can trust that your body can't manufacture anything that is too much for you to take. And, and I also introduced the, you know, the pain, the fear, tension, pain um, cycle and, and mm-hmm. you know, connect, connect that for them and, and talk a lot about relaxation mm-hmm. and, like, lead into it that way. Mm-hmm. And the other thing, too, that I'm just remembering is to really, this is a great place to talk mm-hmm. about hormones. Um, and why the hormones play such a key role in coping with pain and the difference between coping with pain and suffering with pain. You know, and so when we're working with labor as doulas and also for the mother herself um, and and we're creating an environment that feels safe and she feels supported and loved and relaxed, those are the, you know, that's when hormones in labor will release. And when she's feeling more tense or scared or she doesn't trust someone who came into the room, just really talking and explaining about the, the intelligence of her body to release hormones that are, you know, helpful in labor and are also natural pain opiates will help kind of put a, pull it all together, I feel like. Because without it, it's just a completely different conversation. You know, we don't birth without the hormones releasing. It's impossible. So, and I think that's something yeah. that a lot of mothers don't look at. And I had a conversation with um, a mother about that, like this, the fear of the pain. And then once we kind of talked about the hormones and what your body's going to be going through at that moment, they kind of like really realized that. And a lot of women, I believe, don't think about that. They don't realize mm-hmm. like you're in a completely different, it's not going to be like any other day. So um, yeah, the hormones definitely play a huge factor in it. And mm-hmm. um just one thing that I uh, that seemed to help a mother a lot, um, which won't work for everyone, but she um, she gauges uh, she's like a lot of piercings and gauges her ears and stuff like that. And she, once she started talking about it, um, the stretching was what she was um, fearful of, and um, she started to think of it as gauging, like the same as gauging her ears or gauging, and that because she knows that sensation already, she kind of was able to relax from that fear and anxiety. Absolutely. Yeah. So depending on on how much contact you've had before that first prenatal, this conversation may be happening in a first prenatal or it may be one that's further down the road as you're getting closer, you know, and then your connection's getting stronger too. 
Um, what about postpartum practices? What what are you guys noticing? How does it feel to to be working um, in in a different way in terms of like a scheduled hours and maybe four hours of time at a time or overnights or you know postpartum work is just kind of it's so different than birth work so of course connected but just the way the time is blocked what have you guys been experiencing so far i kind of have a question it's carly i kind of have a question just for everybody who has done postpartum already because i um haven't and i'm just i guess like kind of how kind of, I guess, hesitant about marketing myself for it and not sure exactly how to go about it and how to schedule that and, like, how to explain it because a lot of women don't know what it is and, I guess, trying to explain it and find clients who are looking for this. For postpartum work. Yes. Yeah. Well, I like to talk about it really as something that's a continuum of birth to start, you know, that... You can't have, you know, it's 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 just that whole idea of continuum of care um, is so essential. I think when I'm talking to people about postpartum work, and that you know, most mothers are experiencing those first few months on their own, feeling pretty isolated, um, and so I like to talk about it more from a, a cultural perspective of of supporting mothers and what it means to be a supported family starting out versus like, well, we do the dishes or we might run food or, you know, I mean, that becomes part of the conversation, but I think I like to connect it to the whole experience of pregnancy, birth, and postpartum as one supported, you know, transition. It's a whole supported rite of passage. Um, That's one way to kind of market it. and then definitely, depending on who your client is, you know, if they don't have family nearby or they're a single mom or, I mean, just really kind of talking more broadly about support for for new mothers um, and the benefits of starting your family off when you feel supported rather than stressed, you know, when you're alone. Does that, Carly, does that speak to you or? Sorry, I had I was on mute still. Um, yeah, that, no, that helps. I just, um, I guess it's finding the, the clients around here in this area mm-hmm. and marketing myself in the area more um, and just kind of, um, I, I guess, because some people think of it more as like a nanny or, you know, and it's, it's different and then trying to, I guess, make sure they understand that. And, mm-hmm. um and also because I don't know exactly how I'm going to be able to do, like, hours-wise, you know. So it's like I don't know what time I'm going to be able to do it. So I guess that's why I've kind of been hesitant on doing that. Mm-hmm. But it's just hard yeah. to – I mean, you have to accommodate what hours they need and then also with your own yeah. schedule. So it's yeah. – and, and it may be, too, talking more about emotional support for mothers. You know, I think that's one of the biggest differences if somebody's thinking about it more as a, the role of a nanny or a babysitter. 
um, that, you know, we're really coming in with this understanding about the well-being of a mom and, and understanding um, how the postpartum depression or emotions affect the whole family and the woman and the baby and, the you know, everybody involved. Um, and so you could maybe kind of use the language of if a woman is overwhelmed or feeling stressed or feeling isolated, or you could kind of talk about it more from, from a, you know, use language that's more positive to talk about what it is to thrive as a family or to emotionally be supported to feel your best starting out as a mother or, you know, that's that kind of, that kind of marketing that also connects to the birth. Yes, uh, that definitely um, could be helpful, just kind of focusing on the mother as well and not just, Mm -hmm. And similarly to the prenatals, I think postpartum work can have different focus at different times. So it may be more job-oriented, you know, where you're helping somebody organize baby clothes or you walk into a home and it's clear that that what's needed is really more hands-on help, task-oriented kind of help. Or, or and, you know, and or you're going to come into to a space and you'll be working with a family and it may start off that way and then become more apparent that what she needs is, is someone to, to really listen to her and just hear her story and support her emotionally. Um, so, you know, I think it's sort of, it's similar, in my mind, it's always been sort of the same thing. I'm assessing when I first work with a couple or a mother, you know, about kind of what those immediate needs are postpartum um, in order for her to feel like she, she's able to get to the point where she can either get enough sleep or feel organized enough to then start expressing other things that are going on. So, you know, it may be, it may feel like starting off with somebody that you're doing more of the chores um, to help to help with the home and to help with the baby. Um, but I find that through that, those, that's when the conversations happen, when you're like folding laundry with somebody and then they start to share their story and really open up. What about you guys? What have you experienced with postpartum work so far? But that that a question to Allie? Uh, no, anyone. Open. Oh, I just had a question. So is it so is that something kind of like what the work looks like you determine ahead of time, or do you just sort of like go and then when you're at, you know, the, their house or their apartment, sort of like just gauge for yourself, or should I like be going in there tomorrow, being like, "I'll help you with this, this, and this," or should it, I ask them what mm-hmm. they need, or you know, you should what I'm asking? Yeah, so definitely asking before will help you and will help her. So you know, getting a sense, it could be a postpartum intake form. You know, what are the you know top priorities in, in hiring me, and what are your expectations of having a postpartum doula? And if you don't have any form filled, you know, created yet, you can just start your conversation with that. And I really like to spend that first 15 minutes of coming in, um, if I'm working with a new client, to really um, find out what her expectations are, what she wants to get out of this time, and set really small attainable goals. 
it may be just, you know, for her to take a shower, for her to take a nap while I, you know, take care of this, whatever, the dishes, or for me to hold the baby while she goes and rests, um, you know, or maybe she wants to get out of the house for the first time and she hasn't been able to do that yet and she wants the postpartum doula to be with her for that. Um, but just really keeping it simple and, and not overwhelming will also be part of kind of finding out what the needs are um, and talking about that too, that, you know, it can be really helpful to just, to, you know, set very, very small goals in the beginning that that are important that will support you in these first you know, days or weeks. Um, but I think finding out it is definitely helpful. Great. When you go in tomorrow, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I sent them a, um, an intake form, but this is really great. I'll connect with them again before I go. Okay. How, how um, when did she have the baby? How old is the baby? Um, so they uh, almost, um, so they have two postpartum who uh, help. So I'm kind of the second one, and they um, almost a week and a half ago at this point. Okay. So oh, they've been yeah. home about a week. Yeah. Um, with twins. Okay. So, um, so really mapping that out from the beginning will will probably be very helpful. They may already have a system that they're trying to work out or, you know, they're thinking about or not. So, you know, really helping create that, um, helping yeah. them organize, you know, feeds, naps, um, a schedule. Like when I say that kind of more loose, but just a, a rhythm for the family. Great. That will, you know, will work for them. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. good. You're going to learn a lot. Yeah. That's great. Post and let us know how it goes. I look forward to hearing about it. Okay. Anyone else? Anything else related to the program or anything coming up at all? Questions or anything at all? Okay, guys. So I'll send out um, the next call. I'll send out an email probably in the next week to um, start to gather the actual, like, business forms. And don't you don't have to send it if you want more. You know, if you want to discuss your ideas, you can do that. Um, or we can review forms and kind of take a look together um, to talk really more about the business side of doula practices. And it may also be if you don't, it doesn't have to necessarily be like let's review your contract because I, you know, just seeing it may be helpful. But just you know, are you feeling stuck with anything related to your business? Do you have an idea that you really want to, you know, build out, but you're not sure how? Those types of questions are, are great for this call. And it's great for everyone to hear, too, and, and, and just be able to kind of give you input. It's kind of like business speed dating for doulas. 
so I'll share more about that. And um, that's it. Cool. Great. Thanks, everyone. Enjoy the rest of the sunny day, if it's sunny where you are. Yes. Thanks, Emma. Bye, everybody. Okay, I'll talk to you soon. Bye, Emma. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Thank you. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 